In this week's podcast, we're going to start a multi-part series on the Dasha Mahavidyas, the Ten Forms of the Divine Mother. This podcast is a production of Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Up to this point in this podcast series, the focus has been on the Vedic tradition with stories from the Mahabharata, Ramayana, and Puranas. But we're going to take a left turn and consider some of the Tantric tradition and their emphasis on the Divine Feminine. There are some wonderful stories here and much mystery to consider, and as always our emphasis will be on the stories themselves rather than the fine points of philosophy or spiritual practices or any uh, religious rituals. One of the great features of the Vedic tradition is that there's always a strong central theme of the Dharma, the natural law of husband and wife, home and wealth, children and career. These traditional values are treasured and given great respect, and this is reflected even in Hindu astrology, called Jyotish, in which the fourth house of home, motherhood and family is considered to be a moksha house, as well as the eighth house of meditation, and the twelfth house of the ashram, all of which are considered to be paths to liberation, but the house and the home and that part of the world is certainly not left out at all. So at the same time, the other side of life is embraced as well, the unconventional, the hidden, and even the bizarre. Some of this is seen in the Vedic tradition in the form of Shiva, who is frequently shown smeared in ash, sitting in a burial ground, mostly naked and surrounded by ghosts and demons. The unconventional, the bizarre, and unattractive are also considered to be, or always considered to be, a part of the divine. Nothing is rejected. Even in Rudram, the main Yajurveda hymn for Shiva, he is seen even in thieves, pickpockets, and cheating employees. The point being that nothing is rejected. In its essence, everything is divine, even those aspects of life that do not appear to be so. And as we've seen in past podcasts, the feminine is the source of the power in the universe. And here in the Dasha Mahavidyas, it is seen in many different forms, from the young and beautiful to the old and frightening. And much of the material in this upcoming series will become from uh, a great book, The Ten Mahavidyas by David Kinsley. It's an exceptionally well-researched book, and it's available on Amazon if you're interested. Another one of my favorite authors on this subject, David Frawley, sees these ten forms as being different forms of wisdom and gives them the following names and descriptions. Kali, who's the goddess of yogic transformation. Tara, the saving word. Tripura Sundari, the beauty of the three worlds. Bhuvaneshwari, the queen of the universe, Bhairavi, the warrior goddess, Chenamasta, the consciousness behind the mind or beyond the mind, Dhumavati, the grandmother spirit, Bhaglamukhi, the hypnotic power of the goddess, Matangi, the utterance of the divine word, and Kalamatmaka, the golden lotus of delight. He also divides them into groups, with the first three being the most widely known and important Kali, representing power, or Shakti, Tara, wisdom, Pranya, and Sundari is beauty, Sundara. 
These rare, the, these are the three main characteristics of the goddess. And Kali being destructive is obviously going to be linked with Shiva, the destroyer. Tara being wise has a connection with Brahma, the creator. And Sundari being beautiful has a connection with Vishnu, the protector of creation. And another way to look at it is that the Vedas say life has three qualities, Sat, Chit, Ananda. Sat is being or existence, and that is associated with Kali. Chit is consciousness and knowledge, which obviously would be associated with Tara. And Sundari is bliss associated with Ananda. Kali is, of course, rather widely known as a black, frightening goddess who stands up on the body of Shiva who lies beneath her. But her upper right hand, if you look closely at an image of Kali, you will see that it is in the gesture of protection, and her lower right hand is giving a blessing. Of course, in contrast, her upper left hand is holding a bloody cleaver and her lower left hand a severed head. And she stands naked with the exception of a necklace or garland of severed heads, a girdle of severed arms with her hair wild and unbound. Tara, who represents wisdom, is also black in color. And with her left foot, she is shown uh, placed on Shiva, who lies before her. She wears a tiger skin and has long hair tied in a braid. She has a pot belly and four arms. Her left arm, or left hand, holds a knife and a severed head, and like Kali, her right hand offers gestures of protection and blessing. Tripura Sundari is also known as Shodashi, Lalita, or Raja Rajeshwari, is generally depicted as a beautiful young girl of 16, seated on a couch or a throne, surrounded by Brahma, Shiva, Vishnu, and Indra. As beautiful as she may be, however, her arms show no blessings, and instead they hold a noose, a goad, a bow, and arrows. Bhuvaneshwari, who nourishes the three worlds, holds a piece of fruit in one hand while she offers a blessing with the other. She also holds a goad and a noose in the other two hands, and as a fitting symbol for the divine aspect of motherhood, her breasts are large and ooze milk. She smiles pleasantly and has a light complexion. Chinamasta is particularly fascinating. She is usually pictured as being naked with long, loose hair. She is shown as having cut off her own head with a sword. Her left hand holds her head on a platter, and her right holds the sword that she just used. Three jets of blood spring up from her neck, with one entering the mouth of the head she cut off, and the other two enter the mouths of her two female companions. She is standing on the bodies of Rati, and her husband Kama, the god of love. Bhairavi has a fierce look, which is appropriate, as she is the feminine force of destruction. She is said to be bright in complexion, as bright as a thousand suns. Like Kali, she wears a garland of skulls, and her clothes are made of the skins of demons that she's killed. Predictably, she is covered in blood, especially her feet and breasts. The Kalika Purana says that her eyes roll in intoxication and that she always stands on a corpse. Oddly enough, her four hands hold a mala, a book, and also make the signs of blessing and protection. Tumavati is dressed as a widow in dirty white clothing with no jewelry. 
She's tall and unsmiling with a disheveled appearance. She has a long, crooked nose and no teeth. She's hungry and thirsty, quarrelsome and angry, and usually sits on a crow. Sometimes she's shown holding a winnowing basket and or a trident. Pagalumuki is shown in a number of different ways. Her color is yellow, and she's often shown uh, seated on a throne of gemstones, sometimes in the middle of a pond. She holds a club with which she's about to beat a demon who sits at her feet, and with another hand she's pulling out the demon's tongue. She's often shown sitting on a crane, Bagala. Watangi is a young woman with a beautiful dark complexion, the moon sits in her hair, and her eyes are intoxicated with passion. She wears beautiful clothes and a mala of flowers. Her hands hold a goad, a noose, a sword, and a club. Kamala is another beautiful woman with a golden complexion. Two elephants are shown pouring water on her as she sits on a lotus, holding lotus flowers in her hands. This image is very close to that of Lakshmi, in her form of Gaja Lakshmi, Lakshmi with elephants. And there are a number of stories about the origin of the Dasha Mahavidyas, and in the coming episodes of this series, we're going to take up these uh, each goddess in uh, the different forms and talk about their story and the symbolism uh, in great detail. But the origin of all of the ten Mahavidyas uh, comes from the Brihad Dharma and Mahabhagavata Purana. And in this, Daksha's daughter, Sati, has married Shiva. Uh, Daksha was a king, and uh, uh, he, he was not pleased that his daughter married Shiva because he views Shiva as being a social outcast and really quite unfit to be his son-in-law. And so when Daksha plans a big yagya, he doesn't invite Shiva or his daughter Sati. Well, Shiva, being rather unworldly, really couldn't care less, but Sati is incensed at this slight on the part of her father, particularly when Shiva compounds it by forbidding her to go without him. Well, the usual story is that she goes anyway and gets angry and immolates herself in the fire, uh, but in this version, uh, she starts to get angry at Shiva and accuses him of neglecting her and not standing up for her. And as her anger builds, her eyes start to glow a bright red, and she shakes with her anger. Well, Shiva makes a slight error because he just ignores her and closes his eyes, intending to go back to his meditations. But he hears something and opens his eyes and sees standing in front of him a fearsome female form, and as she, he looks at her, she grows old before his eyes, and her formerly beautiful form disappears. Her hair flies about, and her tongue rolls around sweaty lips. She stands before him entirely naked, wearing a garland of skulls and blazing like a million suns. Her derisive laughter fills the universe. Well, Shiva wasn't quite prepared for this and runs around in all directions trying to get away from this apparition. But she laughs, and Shiva, knowing that he can't escape, stands still. Now, to make sure that he can't get away, she divides herself into ten forms, one for each of the ten directions. Shiva asks her, Who are these women? 
and she replies that they are her friends. Shiva looks at them in panic. Some are beautiful, but mostly they're terrifying, as we've seen in the previous list. And finally, he just stands still and closes his eyes again. When he opens his eyes, he sees a new woman standing before him. She has a face as beautiful and calm as a lotus blossom, but unlike his beloved Sati, she is as black as the night, with long disheveled hair, large breasts, and glowing with the brilliance of a million suns. Feeling somewhat calmer, Shiva timidly asks, Where is my Sati? The woman standing before him replies, Do you not see Sati standing before you now? Shiva asks, Who are the other goddesses standing around him? Sati explains that these are just her various forms. Shiva is somewhat calm, although still surrounded, and understandably gives his permission for her to go off and attend her father's yajna. Now, in one version, she then flies off into the sky dressed in a tiger skin with a wild look in her eyes. And we know how that story ends. Sati is ultimately rejected by her father, and she becomes so angry that she throws herself into the fire, leaves earth, and returns to heaven. And eventually Shiva hears of these events and he comes and destroys the sacrifice and almost destroys the universe. So in the next few netcasts, we'll take a look at each of these forms of the divine and enjoy their fascinating and entertaining stories and their symbolism. And for chanting this week, we're going to start with a selection uh, for Raja Rajeshri, the various forms of the divine feminine are honored in this Ashtakam, eight verses, as ruling over the entire creation, like a queen. And it's about four minutes in length. And then I'll play a series of shorter selections for Lalita Devi, the most beautiful form of the Divine Mother. First Lalita Pratasmaranam, and then the Lalita Shana Pratana. So as always, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.
तस्माण्य भाव रक्ष रक्ष महेशरी कामेश्वरी जगन्मादिदानंद विग्रहे प्रीत्या प्रसीद परमेश्वरी यदक्षर पदभ्रष्टमीन तो ये तत्सर्व क्षम्यता देवी नारायणी नमोस्तु ते निसर्गबिंदुमात्री पद पदाक्षरा चूना चातिरिक्ता क्षमस्व परमेश्वरी